moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, and the whole night, that this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards it, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black thing, is all I can call it. Welcome to Squatch DTV. Exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch Detective, Steve Culls. And from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch TV for today's date, February 28th, 2021. This is the last show of February, folks. Ah, yeah. Here we are. And of course, uh, before we do the rollouts, I just want to, of course, I got my co host down there, Mr. Chris Bennett. Hey. hey, hey. And of Love course, there, down there is Jesus Jr. What's up? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> so anyway, as usual, we'll do the roll call and say hi to folks that have chimed in already. And uh, looks like YouTube is in the lead tonight with uh, the shout outs. We got yeah. Ammon Chris. Hello, Ammon. Good to Chris. see you. How you doing? B, of course, our B ah, is in there. Hi, and we got Tactical Bigfoot Research out there. Mike, the tech. And Aaron. Our good friend Aaron's out there. Welcome. And uh, Mike up, is in the house. Yeah, married on Mike. And welcome, uh, Mike. and welcome, Dwayne. Dwayne, I, I don't think Dwayne. I've seen you, but welcome to the show, my welcome. friend. Good to see you. And here we are. Uh, and who else has come in? Ah, here we are. Now at least scroll see. down the the uh, the uh, chat here. We got Diane. Hi, Diane. Jimmy. Jimmy. Of course, I'll Charlie Wonton. I figured Charlie was there somewhere. Charlie Wonton, Jimmy. All Thank right. You. 
<laughs> and we got Sherry. Hey, Sherry. Squatch Talk is in the house. Welcome, we got our, our good friend over there on Facebook, Jim Lansing. Jim, how are you, brother? We're going to get out real soon. Keith, good to see you. And of course, Jason. Hello, Jason. Good Hi, Jason. to see you. So we got we're getting ourselves a, a full house here, really All quick. Right. And um, you know, w- without any real introduction, I, I uh, you know, most people are going to remember Jesus from this wonderful show. And I just got to ask Gonzo, what was it like working for Tuco? It was quite a stressful work situation. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, he is has this wonderful channel called Breaking Bigfoot. And uh, I think we're going to we'll go with the, the trailer first, and uh, we'll, we'll get into the chat about this. We're going to jump right into this tonight. All right. So, so let's jump into this. All around the world, in almost every civilization, there are stories of terrible monsters. Beasts that hide in the night. Terrorize the locals and even kill. But I believe that they're all connected. I believe that these are all Bigfoots. And I'm gonna prove it. I'm Jesus Jr. Did you hear that? Something's moving. I have a real strange connection with Bigfoot. It's been broken off from right here. It looks like it pushed back in. Do you in. see these? Do you see these white stripes oh, like right nail, here? Like Almost, nail. Yeah. Big, thick nails. You know, there's so many stories that are out there that I think are Bigfoot related that people have no idea are about Bigfoot. You know? And I'm trying to open their eyes. It's, it's time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. And for those who want to check out, I'm going to pop up the banner, too, for the uh, YouTube channel for for Right there. Right there. Scrolling right across. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, and, you know, I got to say, that's really an exciting trailer. I love it. It's like, yeah, you know. And a couple of more folks just wandered into that we need to make mention of Walt and little Walt, who is his birthday hey, today. And happy birthday to little Walt. Oh, who little Walt. Happy birthday, Walt. And yeah. Walt. Little Walt's not too young. I thought little Walt was like eight. No, 20. Okay. <laughs> no, no, little Walt's not. <laughs> okay. Walt, Walt and little Walt were the men in black at the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Camping Adventure. Oh, oh, oh it, it was funny because Jay Pachochin was playing the Bigfoot. He was in the Bigfoot suit. And at one point, Walt and Little Walt, dressed as a men in black, grabbed them and walked off with them. <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta love this. Uh, uh, Walt cleared that up. Is it, I mean, I mean, Little Walt turned ten years old, not twenty. Okay. okay. Oh, there we are. So he, he was nine. Okay, I was thinking eight, but he was nine. <laughs> and of course, we got Ken in the house, and uh, Nani is in the house too. Ten is Nani. a big number. Double. <clears throat> Ten's a big Nani. Number. Hey, welcome, Nani. Well, my, my own son, and I want to throw a ha- happy birthday shout out to him. Technically, it's not his birthday today. It's it's non-existent because he was a leap year baby, so he was born on February 29th. Oh, but happy a shout belated out to- birthday in four years. <laughs> <laughs> and a well, shout out to my son. Five years old now? <laughs> yeah, five, yeah. Well, 
Well, anyway, technically, he has hit the big breakthrough number. He is 29 today. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, it's last year of the 20s. <laughs> Happy birthday. Enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. it. Well, you know, yeah. And, oh, and, and preemptive just, birthdays. John Gray, birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, John. Oh, happy birthday, John. Happy birthday, John. <laughs> we ought to do a happy, happy, happy birthday, happy birthday uh, minute during the show or something. So uh, Tag just told us that his sister is also a leap year baby. Cool. Oh wow! And uh, boy, I bet you harassed her horribly as a child about that. <laughs> I, I just got that feeling, you know, that you were the type of brother to go, "Hey, you ain't got a birthday this year." Yeah. Well, I mean, what 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 day would you celebrate on? Would you celebrate on the last day of February or my, my son usually on? celebrates on the twenty eighth? Twenty eighth, yeah, makes sense. Is there, yeah. is there a lot of leaping happening on those birthdays? I, I, <laughs> all, all I all I know is that uh, <laughs> he shouldn't have a driver's license. You know, because technically he's only like five. Well, he's four. Well, yeah, five, six, somewhere around there. I, I can't multiply right now for nothing. <laughs> Come on, Chris says I've been twenty nine a lot of times. Yeah. So has my right. wife every year. I, I I think this year I'm going to start turning back the clock, and next year I'm gonna I'm gonna be fifty one, not oh, fifty two. Wow. <laughs> Turn it back. Uh, anyway, so uh, so. Jesus, you've been doing this for a long time. Started um, early. Yep. And, uh, you know, if you want to tell us how you got all involved in this, because, you know, I think that the beautiful thing is, is that, you know, you're doing some amazing stuff real just out of the gate here. And I, I you know, I, I really enjoy it. So Thank you. Tell, tell us about how you got involved in this crazy business. Okay. Well, once upon a time, a long, long time ago, I was a young, young, young little squatcher in Europe because my father was a uh, military, he was Air Force and had been stationed uh, in Spain. So I was born on a military Air Force base in Spain. And uh, when I turned one and a half, we moved to England where he was stationed uh, working by uh, Bentwaters. And um, <clears throat> we lived in these old houses. And my mom, uh, she bought that, my first book the, where I found a about Bigfoot out in uh, Arthur C. Clarke's book, uh, M Mysterious World. And that's where uh, I just, I got hooked on that. Uh, the house was haunted and there was UFOs flying around. And I was there for when uh, the Rendlesham Forest incident happened. Wow. My, my dad was working there. So, uh, yeah, my whole life was filled with strangeness. And uh, my, my mom was really uh, adamant on not shielding me from that weirdness and, and, let me just, uh, I like to read. Like mm -hmm. I said, I started reading when I was four. So I just couldn't stop researching about Bigfoot. Wow. Now, uh, that's interesting. Did your father have any good uh, uh, Bentwaters stories? Or was he kind of like not involved in it? Oh, uh, that was on a, a need-to-know basis. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he never told you. <laughs> so even, even you know, later in his career, because uh, he worked on a lot of uh, uh, bases that were not supposed to exist, uh he sure. wouldn't even tell me about them, but I would bring up names because I did research in yeah. many different fields. And he'd be like, how do you know about that base? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I don't, but it's really cool. I don't know if you guys will be able to see it because it's going to be backwards. You'll mm -hmm. see me uh, wearing this a lot. It's my uh, my dad's boxing medal. I'm a boxer. He was a boxer. And my wow. grandfather was a boxer. But if you read 
what it says. Oh, yeah. Air Force Base Bentwaters. Boxing Smoker. December 1980. And that's literally the month of the Bentwaters, uh, the Reynolds and Force incident yeah. happened. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, so yep. I take care of this thing. Keep it around. Yeah. You know, only Bigfoot can pry it from my hands. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that would probably be a tough fight for him. <laughs> um, wow. So when did you actually start getting into the field doing that? I mean, what, what were... That was in uh, 2000 when uh, my mother, she worked for the Forest Department. So she was working up in Rio Dosa, New Mexico at the Forest Department. And uh, we were at our new cabin, renting it. Uh, it was new to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're all, it was me, my, my dad, my mom, and my sister. She, she was a police officer in Rio Dosa Downs. Um, we heard a Bigfoot scream, not scream, but call. One of the, with a long, high pitch, ah, super mm. long one, and we we're like, "What the heck was that?" And after it finished, the whole forest got quiet. Birds, du- bugs, didn't matter. It was just silence, yeah. and uh, we we're like, "Whoa!" And then it did it again. Yeah. And after it did that, I ran inside and jumped on the interweb. And I looked up uh, Bigfoot audio recordings, and sure enough, I found the exact same, yeah. same one. Right. And that was that was it. And I was like, "We are here." So uh, my mother and my sister, because um, my sister was an officer, and my mom was at the forest department, they'd get reports, Bigfoot reports, you know, sightings and stuff, and they couldn't do anything about them because Bigfoot doesn't exist in their <laughs> world. Yeah. So, yeah. They would tell me about it, and I was able to go and investigate. So that's how it really got started. Being in the field. That's so cool. Oh, hang on a second. I got to silence this phone. All of a sudden, I didn't realize it was on. A little, little, little bit of feedback. I thought that was a big one. You, know? you started out with inside contacts. That's a good way to start yeah. out. You know? You know? Most of the time, uh, you know, something goes wrong. Uh, I mean, something goes on around the national parks or the forest service around here. It's all, you know, nobody's which, anything. Which is it. another reminder to my son. Psst, psst, hey, son, come on, pass me some yeah. stuff. <laughs> my, my son's a New York State forest ranger. So. <laughs> Inside contacts. So we already have a first, uh, our first question. We got uh, Tate Hieronymus, who we want to get on the show at some point in time, too, in case he's, he's out there listening. We'd love to have yeah. him on, too. But uh, no, no relation to Bob Hieronymus. So... Uh, but uh, he wanted to ask uh, Tate here, member of the Bluff Creek Project and the Bluff Creek Project podcast, and we'll do a shout out to that podcast as well. Uh, what, what does Jesus think of the legitimacy of the Patterson Gimlin film? I think it's legit as legit can be. It's a real Bigfoot. There you go. There you go. So um, while we're on that topic, I mean, what are some of the things that you think really, aside from the Patterson Gimlin film, what are some of the other things that you think, you know, bring a lot of legitimacy to this phenomenon? <clears throat> okay. Well, of course there's all the, uh, you know, personal accounts, you know, and uh, encounters that people have had, you know, but of course that is technically hearsay, but um, I do put a lot of uh, um, belief in what people are saying because uh, a lot of them don't know about Bigfoot and some of the details that they'll say that if you are a seasoned researcher in this field, 
um, they shouldn't know, you mm -hmm. know? So I do pay attention to those. Now, uh, footprints, very important, especially uh, footprints with dermal ridges, um, handprints as well. I also, because uh, I'm a Mayan Indian, okay, and, and French, and uh, I spent a lot of time on reservations. I was adopted by a, a, a Navajo mom up in the Farmington on the Upper Fruitland Reservation. I, I drum and sing Mescalero. I drum and sing with the Comanche boys, and I yeah. powwows and Mescalero. So, <laughs> yeah. So I spent a lot of time on different reservations and all of our histories, which of course is called myth and legend. Uh, <laughs> our histories are they're real history, and uh, yeah, we've had this phenomena for a very, very long time beyond fake monkey suits and digital, you know, CGI abilities. And, and it's a real, it's a real thing. It was a real, it's a, we consider them a, another a type of human, just a lot hairier. And uh, yeah, there's good ones and bad ones. Yep. Uh, and uh, just so you know, Tate through uh, awesome. Thank you guys. And Jesus anytime too. So we'll get, him, we'll, we'll get Tate on real real soon and uh one of, the, one of the big the biggest reasons brother steve uh, uh that i believe in bigfoot is the fact that i've seen bigfoot more right than right we want to get into that so yeah you know so that, that's a big one right there you know, oh yeah having your first hand accounts and then being uh working with the genome project and uh working with you know professionals ahead of anthropology departments and i was chosen for the falcon uh project but unfortunately that fell apart but yeah, I was chosen amongst all those those uh, PhDs to to work on this because I do study you know anthropology and and uh, yeah. anatomy and primatology. Even though I don't have those cool little letters after my name, I know as much and and more just because there's many uh, head of universities that want to know what I know and what I yeah. think about things. You know, and take it serious. Ah, part of me. Well, I take care of a. Yeah. Well, there's one thing for sure. Uh, nothing will convince you more than seeing one yourself. <laughs> and, yep. and a lot of a lot of people, they'll you know, I've talked to a lot of skeptics. Of course, you know, I'm, I go over there to the skeptic boards a little bit sometimes. And uh, a lot of skeptics are like, you know, convince me Bigfoot exists. Convince me. You know, I'm like, dude, I, I'm not here to convince you or anything. Matter of right. fact, it's okay to remain skeptical. That's fine. Right yep. up to the point where you see one yourself. <laughs> yep. well, what, what I like to tell the skeptics, okay, um, mm. because you know, in all the different fields of the of the strange and weird and mysterious, yeah. you got skeptics for each one, and they all say the same thing because they've never seen it, um, right. they don't believe it. So right. I tell them, okay, think about this. Say you're walking around this really really busy highway, mm. and you don't believe in Mack trucks, right? <laughs> So you go step on that highway and a big old Mack truck comes, but you don't believe in it because you've never seen one before and it hits you. Guess what happens? You're still going to get killed because Mack trucks are real, even though you ain't never seen one in person. Right. Right. You know, so you got to keep an open mind. You yeah. can't definitively say it doesn't just just because you've never seen it. You know, there's a lot of kids out there, youngsters, young men that and, ain't never seen a lot of stuff, but girls still exist and we right. do have children. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Sorry, I'm just working a little. I think there's a difference too between actual skeptics and some people that claim to be skeptics. Like we've we've had uh, Benjamin Radford on several times, and uh, you know, if I had a hat on, I would take it off to him. He, he's a great skeptic. Uh, 
Uh, he's not one of these denialist people, but he asks questions, you know, and he asks the well, right questions. Well, well there's, a, there's a bunch of skeptics that are in disguise, um, yeah. and they're debunkers. Because the debunker is somebody that is trying to prove something wrong, even if it's real. They're going to grasp it, whatever they can, to discredit and say it's not real because that's what their their goal is debunking. But yeah. they they hide behind the 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 the, the, the name skeptic because right. the second they they if they were to admit they're debunkers, their their whole charade falls apart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and you know Chris can attest to this. I've had my share of debunking things. I've had my share of bringing things forward. And I've had some yeah. share of going, I don't know. Well, yeah, that's yeah. different, though, Steve. I mean, as, you're doing it as a researcher, okay? Right. <laughs> and you're using your background with Bigfoot to help assist you on trying to find out whether this person actually told something that's not really there, true or, right. or, 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 or something like that. You know, I think there's a big difference. Right. I, I mean, I think, I think the most recent one I did was the, the Bigfoot peeper. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. seen that, uh, the picture of the Bigfoot peeping in the window. Yep. And, uh, you know, being a private investigator, it gives me access to a, a little more than your average researcher sometimes. Right. And I started digging on this guy, and it turns out he was a convicted child molester. And never lived where he said, never owned property where he said he did. Kind of figured out that his new area kind of looks like, okay, that may be the lights in the background. He actually took this in the back of his apartment. And uh, why he did it, I don't want to say why, but I, I, I know there's a psychological need. A lot of times there's people yeah. that they just want to belong to something. Nice. And, nice. you know, so that, that I think was more in tune. I don't think he was trying anything nefarious. And I always made that very clear. I, I don't think he was trying anything nefarious. Given his background, I think his background kind of made him isolated. So, um. <clears throat> So anyway, let's talk about your encounters. Now, the first encounter was that the one you caught on video. No. Okay. So let's let's talk about your first encounter, and then we'll get to the video encounter. Oh we right. Well, my first encounter was in uh, I'd say thirteen years before I got it on video. Okay. Um, I was uh, in living in Tularosa, New Mexico, kind of kind of out kind of out in the cut. See. Uh, Chris knows what I'm talking about, yeah. when I, when I'm, what I'll be describing, okay? Yeah. So if you pass Tularosa about two miles, it, it's all desert. Yeah. And uh, if you look to the left, is a White Sands Missile Range. So I lived two miles towards the White Sands Missile Range off the highway on five acres. And me and a friend were uh, out looking for UFOs because there's a lot of UFO stuff happening there constantly. So we're out there in the middle of the night looking for UFOs, and uh, we're out, we're standing on the gravel road that surrounds my my property. My house is dead smack in the middle of five acres. We have you know uh, floodlights on, but they only go out so far on five acres. You know, so we're in the dark. And um, you know, I'm also like, like Steve. I, I'm an investigator uh, beyond Bigfoot, of course. You know, I'm. I was trained as a federal investigator. I was a federal detention officer. Uh, so I know I know what things sound like. And uh, since I, my mom was uh, worked for the Forest Department, I took every class that they had available for, you know, uh, tracking and the animals in, in that area. So, you know, I know the difference between a bipedal uh, walking versus, you know, a quadruped, you know. Yeah. So we're out there on the gravel and, you know, it's 
we heard ourselves walk on it. There's no sounds anywhere because we're in the middle of nowhere. And we're standing there talking, looking for UFOs. And we hear something in front of us walk on the gravel. Yeah. You know, real gentle, just quick, 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 you know. And we're both looking at each other like, what the heck is that? Because we can't see it. It's about, and it's only like 20 feet in front of us, but it's so dark, it couldn't see nothing. Right. So we're just, we get quiet and we're just listening and it starts pacing on the road back and forth, back and forth, a little faster and faster, you know? And uh, it, it got the feeling that like whatever it was, well, I got the feeling that uh, it was like building up its courage. Cause it started going faster and faster and faster and, you know, just it built up mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I was getting that heebie jeebie feeling too. Like whatever it is, doesn't like us. And it's, it's building up the courage to, to, to do something, you know? So when it got to where it was pacing back and forth, like almost to a, a jog, you know, I was like, I, I, I whispered to him and I, my friend and I said, Squat down and let's grab as many rocks in our hands as possible. And when I say now, throw rocks, let's try to hit it. So whatever it is gets, you know, like, oh, no, and runs away, you know. And uh, so we do that, reach down, grab the rocks, and we throw the rocks all crazy, you know, a bunch of them. (laughs) Nothing. Don't hit it. It's still going back and forth the same pace, right? I'm like, oh, hell no. So then I, I, I squat back down. And I feel around and I grab a good sized rock in my hand and I close my eyes, even though it's dark, you know, so I'm using my imaginary Jedi force powers and I close my eyes and I just listen to it walking back and forth. And I reach back and I throw that rock like I've never thrown a rock before. And it made a zip sound because I threw it so hard. It went zip and I hit it and it screamed. And we took off running back to the house, right? (laughs) So I'm running like 300 miles per hour, which in reality, because I, I, at the time I weighed over 400 pounds, was about three miles per hour. But to me, it was fast, right? So we're yeah. running back to the house, and we get close enough to where the floodlights I can start to see, you know? And I look to my left, and it's running with me on the side of me. It's not running behind us, chasing us. It's matching our, our speed, but it's running on all fours. And it's big, dark, and it's looking at me while it's running, just like, do, 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 you know? And uh, we finally make it to the back deck, wood deck. We run up the stairs, and it tackles the back deck. Mm. And we're fumbling, trying to open the sliding door, because at the at that point, we're not thinking, hey, that might be a Bigfoot. Let's take a picture, you know? No, yeah. we're just like, oh, God, we're going to die. We're yeah. going to die. Yeah. And <laughs> we, we, it runs on the other side of the, the deck and tackles the deck again. Right. And by that time, we got the door open. We ran inside and closed the curtain. And we we're just like, oh, we're alive. Oh, God, we're alive. And uh, that was the first time I had an encounter with a, a Sasquatch. Not because I never fathomed that they would come down that far from the mountain. Yeah. And that's why I did my first documentary, because from that point forward, I was finding tracks in our property. They was letting our dogs loose moving heavy, heavy things that I put around the chain link fence so the dogs couldn't dig out. And I'm yeah. talking like, you know, boulders. I put a railroad ties and no problem. Just whoop, thrown, thrown to the side. Yeah. Dogs are in the morning. And uh, I found out that, well, I figured out uh, by doing the investigation that they were traveling down from Mescalero down yeah. the creek because there's like a canyon almost, a small canyon that leads all the way to the farms. 
and it goes all the way down to the White Sands Missile Range, where there's also been reports of Bigfoot on White Sands Missile yeah. Range by military. Mm-hmm. So that's that was my first encounter in 2003. Wow. And OT is in there, and he just wrote, note to self, not being Bigfoot with the rocks or flick pennies or brass up. <laughs> no, 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 no. I never did that again. Kate, Kate says he thinks he hit Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been something. <laughs> I know, I know, Bobo. Yeah, that'd be funny. <sighs> Man, that, that whole area though is just—I mean, it's great, and, and a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a it's a desert basin part of it, but on each side you have mountains. So you have a mountain range on each side, and on one side, I know mm-hmm. it's the Lincoln National Forest. And dude, yep. I mean, you talk about some trees, dude. They got them. <laughs> yep. And uh, even Three though. Rivers. Yeah, even though it's a desert basin, yeah, you got all kinds of water, uh, a watershed comes to there. Between every canyon, there's a nice creek, and I mean, you know, or almost a small river. Yeah. And from all the runoff and everything, man, it's just super area. Now, you used to to run with one of our great friends that we haven't mentioned in a long time, J.C. Johnson, because you you earlier talking about low uh, upper fruitland. I remember going to lower fruitland with with jc and interviewing some of the danae there that were having issues with and they literally said they would have three or four of them coming in every so often in snatching corn reading corn from them oh yeah the hairy boys the hairy boys yeah i was a a a crypto four corners member he uh you know i met jc because through bigfoot of course and like i said i used to live on that reservation so uh he had heard about me and uh, Finding Bigfoot had called me up and they're like, hey, will you be on Finding Bigfoot? You know, we heard you found, you know, uh, footprints and also which I was helping uh, teaching uh, Brenda Harris uh, right before I threw the the first Farmington uh, Bigfoot conference. I was teaching her how to track and uh, how to, you know, cast footprints and all that. And that's how I met JC through through them. Yeah, I, I just, it's just an amazing area. So you're probably familiar. I mean, I, I remember being up on the Lukachukais and, uh, and the Carrizos and the Chuskas. And, you know, it was amazing because up until that time, I never saw mule deer. I'm only used to the white tail or maybe some black tail, but right. the mule deer, I, I love how they, the difference between like a, uh, the white tail or the black tail deer is that the mule deer hop. And it's really weird to see mule deer because they're like, you know, they're like little springs. They're just boing, boing. And I was like fascinated. But I remember being up on the Lukachu guys. And I wish I wish I took a video of it. But here is like maybe 60 or 70 mule deer. Just And you can just, when you're up in that area, you're just with nature, man. It, it's unreal. Yeah, but I, um, I, saw, I saw a Bigfoot uh, in the Lukachu Mountains. Uh, okay. We were out there. I had a. Uh, just found I had just recently found uh, out that I had diabetes. That's so I've lost like 125 pounds since the, okay. then, so I, I can run faster now. But uh, yeah, so I, I had my muscle, my my tendon snapped in my calf at oh. the ankle, and so we went on a big old hunt, and uh, I had to stay back in the truck, you know, you know, deep in the mountain. And they were all out there looking, you know, and, and they're all, I could hear on the walkie-talkies, hey, we heard something, we heard something. And I just see this big old Bigfoot run right in front of the truck, past, you know, running by. It was silent. That was the crazy thing. It was silent. Not a sound. And it yeah. ran right in front of the truck, crossed the trail, yeah. one step right over the, the trail. But, and I was driving a, a Denali XLT, 
So that's not a it's not a skinny vehicle, mm. and its step running across was wider than than the truck. Right. And uh, just just I want to pop in. I want to wish all the the new folks to. Uh, uh, that are listening on Periscope. We got several people on Periscope, aka the Twitter feed tonight. So, hello Welcome. to you guys, Kim yeah, H. And, uh, who else? Thank Nate you. NSD. Thank welcome, you. welcome, welcome. Um, yeah, I, I just uh, when we were up at the Lukachu guys, nothing, nothing happened except we did have uh, we did find a, a mama bear track and a baby cub track, which led to a lot of anxiety because. You know, when you have a, a mama cub, uh, a cub up uh, there. Right. You know, it's now there was a question up there. Let me get it up there. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Wait, somebody had asked um, if I can find it because things are just scrolling right along here. I heard this from Sean Gooday. He asked, uh, do you carry a gun with you when you? Only in the movies. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Uh, I, I agree. Um I, I do not necessarily care. I don't personally carry a firearm. Some of my teammates do, um, which is fine. And it's good to, good to keep the bad animals away. Right? The last thing I want to do is run into a bear. That's uh, true. I carry I carry a sidearm or used to when I was out. But it, the main reason is because we do have, you know, mountain lions and stuff. I mean, a lot of people say, well, you don't have a breeding population in Kentucky. Well, I don't care about that. I care about the one that jumped over the car hood. You know, <laughs> that's the yeah, one. I'll, I care carry, I'll carry bear mates. I'll carry bear mates. Yeah. Um. I, you know, I have an uh, axe on me hatchet, or you know, I'm a lo I'm a large guy. So like out here, our bears. Uh, we have the black bears. Yeah. Um. I'm bigger than them. So the the bears that we have aren't very confrontational. So you know, I've I've, I've trained with rangers and how to deal with them. And uh, I'm not a small man. Uh, I still weigh 325 pounds, and I'm six foot three, with you know, with boots on, a little bit taller. So I'm able to 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 scur away most animals. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm pr I'm very wary with the uh, with cougars and uh, the pumas we got. We even got uh, black ones out here, solid black. Yeah. Dude, New Mexico has everything. You know, one of the first things that I saw when I I was going up uh, La Luz Canyon. I saw a, a a herd of pronghorn, and they're just like bouncing. And yeah. I was thinking, dude, I've only seen them on videos like in Africa. What are yeah, they? We doing got we here? got oric. We have orcs out yeah. here too. Man, everything. You know? Yeah. So you know, one of the the one of the more interesting cases was that of Brenda Harris. And I think a long time ago, Brenda was on the the radio portion of the show. I want to say that had to have been. Oh, I don't know, maybe 2008, 2007, somewhere. I mean, that long ago, that's how long we've been doing this show. Yep. Um, and uh, she had, um, not only did she have, you know, the, she had that video of that uh, apparition or whatever on her property. Yep. And it was kind of rumored to be maybe that was a skinwalker or, but she's had all kinds of strange things happening on her property. And I noticed oh, Especially in the Four Corners area, things intermingle. And I remember, I remember being down at that um, just before going up to the Lukashu guys. We stopped off near. Um, um, trying to think the name of the um, Shiprock. Shiprock. And, and and there was this little area where we had all the vent food vendors there, and you probably know what I'm talking about. And 
Yep, got to get my Navajo tacos before I oh, go up yeah. to. Oh, my mutton and and some 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 of the fry bread. Mm. Yeah, Ooh, delicious. Good and they were like, "Oh well, you know, you know, uh, ha good luck with you know finding the Sasquatch, but be careful of the Skinwalkers." And they they are really you know scared of the Skinwalkers. And I I, I learned that the, the 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 reservation police investigate Skinwalker cases. Oh, and yeah. stuff like that. And yep. they would tell us too, beware of the Skinwalkers. Yeah, I I hunted those. Yeah. Uh, the the families that would uh, be be uh, harassed by them, I would go out and hunt them, and uh, scare them away from those areas. Because I got I got my own my own special you know huba juba <laughs> for them. You know what I mean to deal and, with and, them and, and and people you know and that that's the thing people people would ask me because I do a lot of paranormal stuff too and to like you know. They're separate things, you know. There's different things in this world that go on, and oh, I treat yeah. I treat them separately. Um, you know, they may intermingle at one point or another, but but for the most part, they're separate phenomena. No, well, we had we had a Bigfoot's. Okay, we're out. You know where the the casino was, right? Yes. So yep. I lived behind the casino, right okay. up there on them hills. So that's right where all the activity was happening, and the Sasquatch would steal corn from the top of the the mesas. And running up and down in that area, and we had a, a, a big mama, this really large female Sasquatch, and you know a group of boys, and they they would literally fight with skinwalkers. When the skinwalkers would come on that area, that property, you'd have a big mama go out there, and you'd hear them going at it. It was wild, man. It was some wild stuff out there. Yeah, the it's amazing that the high strangeness that goes out in those areas. Not only with with the Navajo, but the same with the Apache. The same. With the Ute oh, yeah. tribe, I mean, in the middle of the Ute, you have the uh, United Basin, the Unitah Basin, where Skinwalker ranches, just a lot of weird, weird stuff. And I, I kind of attribute it to, a, to you know, there, there are areas where there are forests, which are really bizarre. You wouldn't think you would be in a forest in the middle of Arizona or, or New Mexico, but they're there. Oh, yeah. But it's so open. So you see so much, you know. Well, that, that, foot that footage that I got of uh, Sasquatch, um, that's right there on that reservation right by the San Juan River. And a lot of people, uh, the debunkers and skeptics, they're like, Bigfoots wouldn't be right there, right by by the open areas. There's no tr enough trees there for them to be there. And you, you couldn't see the river. But if you actually go there to the, the place, there's a lot of trees on the outside of, in the outside banks of that river. Right. I mean, tons of cover. And yeah. there is, there's cave systems, too. Yeah. So, so, you know, we're going to get to the video in a second, but uh, a couple of questions I want to get out in the chat room. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, let's do the, the clarification. Skinwalker, are we talking dogmen? No, the skinwalkers are a different phenomenon yep. than uh, basically they're, uh, I would call them Navajo shaman that, that use uh, their black magic. black magic to become yep. something of an animal. It may be, it could be in the shape of a wolf. They've gone to uh, birds. I remember this really weird experience we had, and Leonard kept pointing at it, and it was a black crow. And the black crow was following us around when we got the Navajo tacos. The next morning, and you know, black crows are not very familiar in that area. And here we are up in the Lukachu guys, and there's this black crow that just keeps sitting by, in a tree near us. And it was like kind of like, and, and Leonard's going, I, I don't like that. And we're like, what do you think? I think it's a skinwalker. Yeah. Really? Is, a lot of people don't talk about it. Uh, yeah. 
that the, the skinwalkers, one, there's male and female, not okay. just the male uh, shamans and uh, medicine men. So, because what it is, it's it's a medicine man or a medicine woman that has turned evil, has gone evil, and is uh, conjuring evil spirits and demons to help them. Yeah. And they get inhabited by these these spirits and, and demons, which gives them those abilities to change and uh, fog our eyes and let us see what's not really there, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, very... Uh fascinating area fascinating area i love you know I, I love my time there i was like this is you're you're like on overload there's so much stuff going on oh yeah, yeah. one night uh, where, where i told you i live behind the casino um i was in a, a trailer you know that's where i was staying and i was sleeping on the floor and you know did hear all kinds of fun bumps and whatnots in the night and uh one night i uh got grabbed by my ankles and dragged across the whole floor by by a spirit or a demon or a skinwalker, whatever the hell it was. But uh, when uh, the next morning when I was walking out, I had my tablet in my hand walking out, and it took a picture. I didn't take the picture. It just took its own picture while I was walking out. I didn't even know it took a picture. Uh, and when I saw the picture later, there's uh, it looks like a, a very skinny native with long hair sitting on the couch uh, with huh. throwing up a peace sign, and to the left on the floor – you see this much of a face coming out of the floor head, watching me walk out. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> weird. Oh yeah. Weird, weird, weird. Weird, weird, weird. <laughs> Strange so, wacky stuff. So, okay. So Tate uh, has a question. Do you think there could be Sasquatches in the Baja Mexico? I know the terrain looks a lot like Soul Cal, which has sightings. Yes, definitely. Uh, Mexico uh, South America, they have they have uh, sightings of constantly. Um, in Mexico, you have the Sisimite, which they uh, attribute. They think that it's also like a witch, you know, black magic stuff. But from my research, it's Bigfoots, it's Sasquatches, and they're confusing because a lot of the, these these uh, uh, shamans and medicine doctors that have gone you know rogue, they will use that to their advantage and say it's them. So they have yeah. more power in scaring people and intimidating people. But yeah, definitely in, in, the, in that whole area, huh. you've got Sasquatch up and down that South America and up towards North America at the bottom in, in Mexico. Up close right here in Juarez, which of course these mountains, like uh, Chris was saying, they go all the way to Mexico. Yeah. The yeah. whole mountain and the, and the mountains of the White Sands Missile Range, they're hollowed out. Yeah. They've got cave systems going all the way through them and the military take full advantage of it. I remember uh, exploring a cave in um, JC took. It. I'm not quite sure where it was exactly. It was near. It was near Fruitland, Lower Fruitland, because um, we had stopped there in the morning, and that, and then we had gone out to there. And uh, I, that actually maybe is it. There's something called Skinwalker Cave. Is that the name yeah, of it? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, and I think that may have been the one. I know what you're talking about. And, and I remember the hill. Uh, as we pull in, there's like a almost like a little valley that leads up to it. And off to the right, there was this body impression. And it was eight feet long with a conical shaped head. I, I have a picture of it somewhere. I'll dig it up sometime. But I thought that way, well, this is weird. And we went into the cave and we actually found 
a couple of eaten corn cobs. Stocks and all. Like, what the hell would bring this to the cave? Yep. You know, strip it, you know. It, it was really weird. And uh, it looked like it had been bitten into rather than just pecked at. Yep. Um, and the other interesting thing, which kind of um, makes it interesting for me, is that there was another, there's a smaller opening towards the back of the cave. And I, I've always said that I, I never think a Sasquatch would necessarily go into a cave that has no exit that, that because they, they need some way out an alternative way out otherwise we probably would have found one over time in a cave um because if it's dead-ended but that one wasn't wasn't a dead-ended cave but it was huge it's you know tremendous well i had always heard that uh over there uh, <clears throat> towards uh lost well between the white sands missile range and las cruces okay there's a, there's another range of mountains there I'd always heard that on the Las Cruces side of those mountains range, mountain range, that there was a lot of caves and oh. uh, even some uh, maybe uh, abandoned gold mines or mines at one point where somebody were like digging for gold. Well, hundreds of them, hundreds of them. There, and there's there's also, gold, gold yeah. and copper mines and yep. uh, turquoise mines. And uh, like I said, there's a, uh, when the, when they first arrived here, um, when they started exploring those mountains, there was huge caves filled with uh, pioneer wagons yeah. and all sorts of stuff. From when the Spanish came as well, yeah, uh, when yeah. they were warring with the with, with the Apache, um, the cave systems became very very important because the Apache had to literally use all the caves to hide from the Spaniards because the Spaniards were out there slaughtering yeah. everybody. Yeah, that, that's another legend I heard about Spanish gold being buried in one of them caves somewhere, somewhere in that mountain range. And yep. uh, that, caves, you know, that that means uh, a place to stay, you know, <laughs> and uh, even uh, if a, a, a Bigfoot was to hot foot it across the desert, uh, you know, he's out there in the open. Once he gets to those mountains, if he can find him a cave, man, he's got it made till the next night. Uh, so. Mm -hmm. There we are. Um, wow. Um, another uh, couple other comments and questions. Um, oh, asked that one. Um, uh, Bob Lindley asked, are there Wendigos out in your area? Wendigos are everywhere that you'll find that type of uh, magic happening, you could say. Uh, they, they've been on... Almost every reservation I've ever visited, stories of the Wendigos are around there. And here's another one uh, from Tate. I imagine the sighting reports are lost in the translations of leaving Mexico, which could be the reason why you don't hear about sightings there. Well, uh, the BFRO actually have uh, a good number of the sightings from 1976 on uh, from out here. I think there's a good over 20-something. But because of the stigma of New Mexico being a desert, People don't really pay attention. They're not searching for anything like that out here. And there's never been any, uh, you could say, major research or researchers from that area that have done extensive research on Bigfoot in that area to tell everybody. Right. You know, like I was the first one to ever uh, hunt for Bigfoot in Tule Creek, yeah. you know. And I know the area real well. I, have, I know that the locals there, and, you know, I've heard the stories. A lot of them are the pecan farms. We have a lot of pecan farms mm. 
Yeah. We have manufactured forests right by the, the edge of the yeah. mountain. Yep. And I would hear stories from the, the people that own the, the, the farms that they would catch werewolves, really tall werewolves picking off pecans at night. And they would hear howls. <laughs> oh, man. So that also led me to, you know, the, the conclusion that I better go look and see what I could find because if there yeah. is, I, I know what to look for. So if there was Sasquatch in that area, I would be able to find the telltale signs. There was even a, a, a lady, one of my neighbors lived about a mile away from me when I was up there in uh, Tularosa. Uh, one of his uh, family friends, she, she, she told us that they were out in Tule Creek hanging out with her and the kids. And uh, they drove down the way to go to an area where they call it the poop chute. Okay. <laughs> and the, the poop chute is because there's cattle that go through there and they poop in it. You know, yeah. so um, they went up to that area and there was a juvenile Bigfoot. She didn't she didn't call it a Bigfoot. She said there was this weird. Small monkey person, mm. she described it, uh, covered head to toe in hair, uh, auburn hair uh, was roughly around five to five and a half feet tall in the water. And when they walked up, it jumped out of the water and ran into the bushes. You know, and she was like, she was, I never told anybody that until I heard uh, your friend Frank t saying that you're, you're into Bigfoot. So I thought maybe, you know, you'd be interested in, in, in knowing that. And that's when I was like, yeah, I'm going to Tula Creek to look. <laughs> and sure enough, I found evidence. Okay. Quick Witty is out and about here tonight. Yeah, so let's, quick uh, welcome. Let's, uh, Quick Witty has a question. First question is, do you believe, uh, do you believe there is something about a cover-up theory? Do you think the government's covering this up as far oh, as the Bigfoot mystery? Oh, definitely. Um, the, 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 see, what's happened with the government, okay? Because this is this covers all weird. UFOs, Bigfoot, <coughs> et cetera, et cetera. So anything that will go against the, the narrative that they've taught us as a country in our school systems and whatever, okay, and anything that can help them with their in their military world uh, with weaponry, okay? Because, uh, you know, the, the super soldiers, you heard of those, right? So if you can, you know, enhance soldiers or even breed soldiers that can withstand, you know, climates and not have to worry about being cold and are super strong and they're super large, um, yeah, there's tons of reasons that they, they have to cover it up because uh, – yeah, it, it would give away what, what they're doing, period, what, you know, what they're planning. Or, like I said, it might go against their, their narrative, which could cause a lot of problems also with uh, the force departments and uh, the, the lumberjacks and, and the, the, you know, gathering of, of trees, you know, for lumber. Yeah. You know, you find out there's a human out there, a form of a human, you know, or an animal that's you know, doesn't exist. Right. Um, they have to declare that area. You know, pretty much sacred. You can't go there. You can't hunt. You can't cut down trees. It's an ecosystem and a habitat. So there's, yeah, there, yeah there's definitely a, a form of, of a cover up on different levels. Okay, I'm going to come back to a question la later about that in particular. Um, trying to, uh, okay. So Tack asks, uh, uh, with your background, have you done any research on the Mapinguari? Uh as much as I can and find that I could find on, you know, line, but uh, I haven't been able to go out there and talk to, to the, to the locals about it, but we're looking again at the same thing. You know, there is uh, legends of uh, 
women, you know, Native women uh, in that area who were kidnapped a long time ago and uh, them having to deal with them. Well, we have a, uh, a couple of years ago, we had a gentleman on the show, which we'll get him back on at some time. I know he's going through some health issues, but we had a gentleman that was on a couple of years ago who was a, uh, uh, he was a medic assigned to a ranger group and they were in Central America uh, yeah. uh, in activities against FARC. And uh, his whole platoon had a, had a multiple uh, run-ins with the Mapinguari which was yep. a fascinating story. And even more fascinating is he got detached from the Ranger group and he was MIA for 22 days. Yeah. And he, he survived. It was just, what a great story that was. So, oh man, I was on the edge of my seat, dude. <laughs> yep. If you get a chance uh, to the gentleman that asked a question, uh, research the Olmec eight. Okay. And if you know who the Olmec people are, they were the ones that uh, were before the Maya. Okay. Uh, my last name, Payan is Mayan, the Mayan word for first ones. So the, the tribe and clan that I come from uh, are the first Mayans that appeared out of nowhere from the Olmec people. I look more Olmec than the traditional Mayan. You know, they're little people. You know, I'm a bigger, I look like a giant out there. I don't blend in well at all. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the Olmec ape, uh, yeah, it's goes, it goes way back. And they've been around, they made statues of it and everything. Um, so I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to, as, There's it, a lot of, yeah. <laughs> as it moves, I got to, kind of, uh, Em and Chris ask, what's the single strangest experience you've had? I think that demon one or that, that where you were dragged, that was a pretty strange experience. Yeah, that, that was pretty wild stuff. Um, now as in, in my life, strange or Bigfoot related, that's the let's question. go Bigfoot. Let's go Bigfoot related. Okay. I would say the strangest thing bigfoot related would have been i guess it would be when i was camping in uh bailey canyon and i had a young gentleman that uh youngster in my eyes you know he was over 20 years younger than me and uh he didn't believe in bigfoot and he would hunt for antlers you know and he told me he's like oh, man i've been up and down that mountains up and down i've been hunting antlers i ain't seen no bigfoot nothing right so he, I was like, well, how about this, man? How about I take you up there one afternoon? I'll show you some some really strange things and tree structures. And if you can explain how a human being could do it, hey, I'll give you credit. But if you can't, would you give me the benefit of the doubt that Bigfoots are real? Yeah. So he was like, sure. So I took him out there, showed him the structures, giant X's, you know, the twisted trees. And he was just like, whoa, he couldn't explain it. And I was like, Want to see if they'll 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 uh, respond to us? And he's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Well, they're here. They're, they're you know we're here." So I, I did some tree knocking, and we got responses back. So he was just even more, ah, wow, this is awesome, right? And he tells me, uh, you know, it's starting to to get towards evening. He's like, "Let's camp out. I brought my tent." And I was <laughs> like, "You you understand that this is their 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 stomping grounds, right? You and they're really big, and they they can hurt us if they they choose to." He was like, yeah, I want to, I want to. I was like, oh, my God, okay. So I, so I told him, I said, you know what, I'll, how about this? I'll even invite them to come down. So you, you go on my channel, you'll see, it looks like I'm being silly, but I was really calling to him, and I was like, Sasquatch, what's up? We're just trying to say what's up. Come down, say hello. You know, and I, I know they understand what I'm talking about. This guy thinks I'm just being silly, you know, because I did it on, on uh, the Facebook Faces. 
So it made a bunch of my faces with an echo. So it looks, it looks funny, but uh, yeah. So we set up the camp. Midnight comes, and we hear footsteps walk up to the to the to the to the tent, and then we hear, you know, from the bottom of the tent, like that, and then it sniffs all the way to the top of the tent. I'm six foot three, and I could stand up in that tent. So whatever's sniffing away is taller than me and the tent because it's sniffing on top of the tent, right? So he's just like his eyes, you know, huge at that point. And he's sitting on one end of the tent. I'm sitting on the other side of the tent. All of a sudden, a big giant arm reaches under the tent, like underneath it. And it knocks him over because it's a big giant arm. And he's like, ah, right? And I yell, no. Sorry. I said, no, bad Bigfoot. And (laughs) it pulled its arm out. And and he looks at me, he's like, did, did you just scold the Bigfoot? And I was like, well, what else am I going to say, man? Shit, you know, yeah. come on now. And then it walks around the tent. We, I hear more footsteps. So there's more than one there. And there's a big hand, a big old hand pressing ever so softly on the tent. And you start hearing above us the, you know, the, the tent hood for the vent mm. that goes on top of the tent. You hear it being you know, fiddled with hmm. and uh, it's pulling back the vent hood and uh, he's right under the area. He's pulling it back Ooh. and he starts looking up and he, he's, he was like, I can see it. I can see its nose. I can see its nose. Oh. And not, at my angle, because of the, the, the screen and I only had, you know, a flashlight on, I couldn't see what was there. Only he, at his angle, could he, he could see it. Right. So I'm taking some pictures, though, and uh, he's freaking out. Now, he's officially 100% got to change his pants, you know? And (laughs) later I find out after, you know, brightening the pictures and everything that there was three individuals that were there, okay? And this is where uh, we enter the woo, right? Mm. So there's two Bigfoots. One of them is just smiling at him like this, and the other one's going, Hmm. stuff like that. I got multiple pictures. Um, I have it on one of my videos. And um, the crazy part is in one of the pictures, there's a third individual looking in the tent. And it's not a Bigfoot. It's got red almond-shaped eyes and green skin, not the usual gray skin and black eye. Hmm. So we had two Bigfoots. And whatever you want to call it, an alien, a demon, or whatever, it looked like a green-gray, a green-gray with red eyes. And I, like I said, I got the pictures of it, too. And uh, so, <clears throat> it, you know, I, he was getting really scared. So I told him again, I was all right, now that's enough, guys. You're freaking him out. And for the next, like, <clears throat> excuse me, about hour, 45 minutes, I was talking to them. You know, trying to, to, trying to let them know that we're not going to run. We're not. I, I told them we ain't got guns. We didn't bring knives. We're not trying to hurt you. Uh, I need to tell you guys some stuff because there's some things going on in the forest. And with we'll just say the powers that be that they're looking for you. And, I, you know, I talked to them about, you know, I brought up um, Enoch uh, and the story of Enoch. I don't know if you guys are you know, f- familiar with that whole deal. 
and uh, the rules that Enoch set upon those uh, creatures. Uh, if you study the Sumerian history of uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh and the Enkidu, they were right. banished to the depths of the forest around the world, never to mingle amongst man. So I, I was kind of, what else am I going to do? I don't, I'm trying to think of everything possible to let them know that, hey, y'all don't get too crazy now. I know the rules and I, I'll, I'll say a prayer or something, you know, and you all get in trouble. And sure enough, they just, they just hung around our tent until about four o'clock in the morning and uh, eventually left. And in the morning, I took a picture as well where the arm went under the tent. Couldn't find no hairs, unfortunately, but you could see where the arm went under the tent. And uh, when we packed up the tent, uh, I call him, I'm just calling him Kenny for, you know, for, for privacy sake. Um, old Kenny uh, told me, he was Jesus, you can have my tent. I'm never coming up here or camping ever again. <laughs> I go, oh, so, so, you, so you believe then, right? And he was like, yeah. And I haven't heard from him since. It's been years. <laughs> So I would oh, say that's so, the weirdest. Yeah. Okay. Well, related. You ruined his camping adventures. That's right. <laughs> He'll never camp bit. again. <laughs> A little bit. Oh, man. Okay. Uncle Artie. Hello, Uncle Artie. He's got a question. Uh, Howdy from Texas, Gonzo. Have you faced any backlash in the entertainment industry for coming out about the existence of Bigfoot? Not at all. See, the beautiful thing about me in Hollywood is that I'm a bad guy. And I'm a henchman. So I'm the dude that just carries bodies, buries bodies, breaks some legs, shoots some people, gets shot a lot. I'm not the main characters. And um, when you're on sets, there is a lot of time in between shots because they got to reset up the scenes and put, you know, blood packs on people and all that crap. You know, so you're, there's a lot of downtime. And the cast members and the producers and everything – they love hearing my stories, you know, my, you know, my experiences with Bigfoots and UFOs and ghosts. And so they've loved it. You know, and RJ Mitty, who played Walt Jr. Uh, Flynn, uh, he wants to go Bigfoot hunting. You know, they're, they're, they're just like, wow, man, you don't care talking about it. You don't think people are going to say bad thing? I'm like, dude, the world knows me as a big ass Mexican that plays a drug dealer and a bad guy. Yeah. I don't think my reputation is going to get any worse. Okay, dude? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, 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 it doesn't bother me and I've never had anybody. It's actually been really cool because of the movies, you know, a bunch of different, you know, TV shows will reach out to me and they're just like, wow, that's so cool because I'd be interviewed for a film or a movie, you know, and they're like, so Jesus, tell us, what do you do in between your movies? What, what are your hobbies? And I, I tell them, I hunt Bigfoot, look yeah. for UFOs. And uh, yeah, it just they're just like, you know, bewildered yeah. and like, wow, that's so weird, you know, because nobody usually talks about it openly, yep. except maybe Rob Lowe. Yeah, well, later that's the, much later. Then it became uh, pop culture. Oh yeah, you know, where it was cool, you know, like you know, I was supposed to do a TV show with uh, Megan Fox. You know, she's into Bigfoot. Uh, do you remember yeah. the, the the TV show, The um, Sons of Anarchy? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so the brothers, there was Toby, right? Toby was a long-bearded guy. Yep. His uh, girlfriend and wife on the show, she was a blonde that played a, a porno star or whatever. Her name's uh, Kristen Renton. Uh, we were doing a TV show, you know, also. She was going to come out camping and everything. And, of course, budgets and all kinds of different things happened, so the show's never made it past, you know, the, the pilots, yeah. unfortunately. 
But yeah, Hollywood's interested. They're definitely interested. Ah. Low Rider says Tuco Salamanca would stare in Bigfoot right in the eyes and say, tight, tight, tight. <laughs> yeah, Tuco would, yes. But uh, the, the actor Raymond Cruz that plays Tuco, trip out on this. He's like in a bunch of cult films, American Me, you know, the Chicano style movies, American mm. Me and, and oh, Blood I, and Blood Out. He's I remember him guy. from uh, Training Day. Yeah, Training Day, right? Yeah. In, in real life, get this he's a surfer dude. He was raised in Malibu, California, and he sounds like a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I was like, "What?" Oh, like, when he, I met him in character. So after we, you know, yelled cut the first day we met, you know, he comes over to me. He's like, "Hey, bro, you want to go get some hot wings?" <laughs> and I was like, "Cowabunga!" Yeah. yeah, I was like, "What the heck?" That's wild, man. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like you, you hear. Uh, Jax Teller from Sons of Anarchy. English. Andrew Lincoln yep. from, from Walking Dead. English. Yep. Um, and people didn't even know that uh, the, the uh, I forget his name slips me, but the uh, the guy who played Apollo in the latest Battlestar Galactica, he's an English yep. actor too. Well, they all speak with very, in fact, I didn't even know that. A little Battlestar Galactica trivia. That's my geekdom. Um, uh, the guy who played Apollo actually dyed his hair brown. He's actually blonde. Nobody yep. knew that. But um, all right. Let's see. We got uh, we. You know, our audience always has so many questions. Yeah, I forgot about Megan Fox doing some. Uh, yeah, I, I think I watched her show she did on Stonehenge. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, see, the reason why our show didn't work out was because um, she got a, a better offer from Victoria's Secret. So <laughs> she had to. She walked off our show because she got offered a lot of money to go do the Victoria's yeah. Secret. Thing. I bet she well, did. You got to do what you got to do. You know. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Troy Bond asks, "How can a creature, a primate creature who knows nothing about technology, avoid it?" Well, let me answer that one real quick. You said it right there. Primate, smart. They see us. We not necessarily see them. They see us doing things. They avoid it. Oh, yeah. You know, they're, they're, well, they, they, they're observers. The chimp, there's a, a, a group of uh, chimps that during uh, uh, one of the wars, and I believe it was in the Congo, they literally changed their, for millions of years, the way they lived and would only come out at nighttime. To avoid they, humans. To yeah. avoid humans and their guns, you know? Now, you got to understand that uh, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, they're even smarter than the average primates. Yeah. They've got very high intelligence, okay? Two, they're hyper-visually uh, intelligent, so they know their surroundings. And if you put a trap cam up, it sticks out like a sore thumb, okay? They, they get, their job is voyeurism. They're the yep. professional peepers, peeping toms, peeping, peeping squatch, right? And they get to see us shooting deer shooting other animals they get to see you know what we're doing for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years now yeah. so they go back and they let their friends know because they're literally they have specific members of their clans that go out to watch to scout you know they're, they're, so yeah they, that's how they they recognize what it is they see our vehicles they know they, they they've learned to a point what what is you know yeah. Uh, let's see, a couple of, uh, let's see, Sean, could they ask, has uh, Gonzo ever worked with Edna? 
Edna Bolden? Uh, Edna who? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> OT made a comment. Megan Fox believes in Bigfoot. Wow, she has nice teeth to boot. <laughs> hey, Megan did a great show, that one I watched on Stonehenge. You know, yep. I would have watched that show, but hey, you know, she's got to be a Victoria's Secret girl. It's, don't blame gotta her. Do what you got to do. <laughs> right. No. Um, okay, I think we we're covering. Uh, Nani says she's part Seneca Iroquois from the Six Nations. My great grandmother would talk of the hairy man in the Book of Enoch. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, the second I mentioned Enoch's name, they were like, <laughs> you know, they, they know. They, like I said, you got to remember, guys, that um, not everybody believes this, of course, but that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. They are a tribe, they're a clan, they are humans. Okay, and just like all my other tribes and clans that, that, that I know and love and, you know, my own people, we have passed down this knowledge orally thousands of years, hundreds of years, et cetera, et cetera. So that's how they've kept their histories, too. So they, they recognize all this. So they're not just a bunch of dumb monkeys running around. Right. Yeah. And it seemed like uh, they tend to live in family groups, too. So it's not yeah. like just the individual. And if anybody has read Dr. Meldrum's book, uh, Legend Meets Science, he specifically mentions those chimpanzees that that, you know, after the war, they had a hard time finding them again because they were avoiding yep. humans. And it's just so much to, to that fact. But anyway, um, let's get to the the video part. You know, you had gotten a video, and we have a, a four-second clip of that, just a little little taste of that, because we want people to visit Jesus' channel over yeah. at youtube.com forward slash breaking Bigfoot. So, uh, but we do have a little taste of that, and set us uh, set us up for the video. I mean, what, what was going on at that okay. particular... So there was an intense investigation going on. We were set up with night vision and camouflage, and none of that was actually happening. What no. happened was I got called by a couple on the res to see if I'd give them a ride to Walmart to get some groceries. So we're driving back from Walmart, and uh, the guy that I was with, his wife goes, hey, look, there's a Bigfoot, right? And we turn to the right, and sure enough, there's a big old Bigfoot walking across the field. Wow. And uh, you know, I pull right over, break out my, my phone, because this was not expected. We did not plan it. And it's a good quarter mile from us. Now, if anybody has ever filmed with their phone, everything looks about 3 million miles away. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. the footage isn't the best. But if you watch my video on, on that footage, you'll see that um, I, I have enhanced it because it, it walks where it's walking right here. You see that big telephone pole. Oh, there yeah. it is right there. It walks behind those bushes it's walking towards and it stops and yeah. it watches us. Okay. Um, I did a, you know, right. I let them take my car. I, they, I said, leave me here, take the car. I'm going in. And I took off after it looking for it, you know? And uh, yeah, so I've got a, a picture of his little cone head sticking up watching us and I enhanced it and you see a face, you see, you see the, the sagittal crest right. and everything, you know? And, um, also, in the, my follow-up investigation, when, after I went chasing it, there's another area in the, the video where uh, I think it had some children with it or some fellow Bigfoots. But you can see uh, there's actually one in the bushes that I was right nearby and filmed. You see it for a split second, and but I break it down. You, you, you get to see some good stuff. 
Jesus, that looks like a, a waterway there, right? Where all the trees are lining. Is there like a creek or something on the other side right, of the trees? Right, right there is an irrigation ditch. Uh -huh. going okay. yeah. Alongside it, then you got all the trees. Yeah. And then you have the San Juan River. Yeah. Using it for cover. Yeah. Oh, the San Juan. And I remember JC's pictures off the San Juan, too. Yep. Oh, that is amazing. Um, it's always cool to, you know, I, I always say, you know, people say, well, that's a blob squatch, but, but you've had that visual sighting. So I kind of, when somebody has a sighting, no matter what picture they take, okay, that's something to, okay. Right. Obviously they're seeing it with their own eyes versus, you know, just what we're seeing here. I, I consider well, blob squatches people that just randomly take pictures and go, oh, that's a Sasquatch. That's a Sasquatch. That's a Sasquatch. That's right. the thing, you know, and that, that really helps because uh, even though if your video or your photo is not that high of a quality, which, you know, nine times out of ten is not going to be because uh, when these things happen, it's going to be unexpected. Like yep. you round a corner and then boom, there's Bigfoot. Uh, uh, <laughs> so yep. uh, if you're able to get a video or a picture or something other, it's going to be spur of the moment and it's not going to be that great. Yeah, but, you don't think think or thunker? You familiar with him? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I watched his videos so, too. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, he, uh, he he reached out to me. He asked me to send him my footage, you know, and uh, I did. And he uh, congratulated me on getting good footage on, you know, just mm -hmm. on a Bigfoot. And he said that from what he could tell, and you know, it's even though it's you know really far away in that clip right there, um, there's better versions of it that you'll see on my video. And uh, he. he the way it's walking, it's gay, everything. He was like, dude, you, that's a Bigfoot. Yeah. So, what, I, what I like is is you don't need the red circle for that one. No. Yeah. You clearly see what it is or or see what it may be. And you clearly see there's something walking in that, that it, video. It's got a pretty smooth gait, I got to yeah. say. It, it's pretty smooth. It, that, I mean, the head is not like bump, 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 up and down. It's pretty and, smooth gait as it goes across. And what was the, what was the temperature that day? Remember? Ooh, I would say... Mm, about 80 degrees it was about right. 80 oh. degrees out so it's and, not uh, like you know it's not like somebody's gonna don a costume and, and let me walk along the irrigation di ditch because that'll be pretty hot pretty fast or you get them oh, yeah. shot um the you other, other yeah, the other sorry, interesting thing is that you know i've been out there you don't wear dark clothing out in that kind of weather because it no. absorbs heat You'd wear yeah. a little more earth tony type of clothes. Um, so you got to think about this, brother. All right. One, um, there's some big natives out there. Okay. I went out to the same spot where it walked, and I, we took a picture, and I, I showed the comparison of height. So you, you already know I'm over six feet tall. And me standing out there, I was wearing uh, shorts and a, and a shirt, and I had my hat off. I'm bottled up here. And uh, you could tell that I was wearing shorts. You know, and you can see my bald head glowing. And uh, so to wear a outfit, even if you're just dressed in clothes, regular clothes, to wear black shoes, black pants, black shirt, and a black ski mask, yeah. pointy one, is kind of silly. But yeah. the, 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 the one thing I like to point out is that if you're out there, say you're that far away from the highway, okay, and you're walking along a dirt road, by an irrigation ditch on a reservation, okay, and a car pulls over on the highway, why would the average human being hide behind bushes and watch us? Yeah, really. 
No. Doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah. No, no, no. Nope. And a couple of a couple of comments, and we, we got another question from Sean. We'll get to that in a second. But Nick says multiple eyewitnesses of the same creature lends credibility to the video, even if it was serendipitous. Yeah. And uh Tate around says walking super fast and wasn't running. There's a chance it could be a hoax, but I felt like hoaxing from that road, hoping someone would likely notice is kind yeah. of unlikely. Unlikely. Okay. unlikely. That's like in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> well, this is a really, really interesting part. Okay, check this out. So if you watch the, the full video of my, my investigation and everything, um, as I'm walking out there, you'll hear me talking to this gentleman, okay, that owns a house right by that area. Yeah. And he's telling us that the night before, right there in that area, uh, one of their horses had been getting messed with by the Bigfoots, okay? There you go. And the next morning, they found their horse dead with its hind leg ripped off. Oh. Not cut off, not chewed off, ripped off. Hmm. Now, try try ripping off a, a a chicken leg off a live chicken, okay? Yeah. Let alone a man. horse. Yeah. And you got the, the follow up investigation is that on your channel? G okay. Yeah, it's, it's all together. Yeah, and uh, in the in the video. Okay, we like to recommend everybody go to uh, uh, Jesus's Bigfoot channel. It's uh, YouTube.com/slash/breakingbigfoot. Yep. And it's got that video and the follow-up investigation. Yeah. I also it, have on there the uh, the uh, uh, genome project with, with JC mm. Johnson when we went out there and we submitted the the uh, DNA. And on that trip, uh, we had Bigfoot encounters. And you'll get to see uh, Robert Kreider get uh, hit in the, the groin <laughs> by a Bigfoot by, with a big old rock. I just hit square in the oh. no-no. Okay. <laughs> Oh man! You know, right, right in the coin purse. <laughs> uh, so uh, I would like to remind everybody on YouTube, you know, like, subscribe to both Jesus of our channel. channel. Yes, uh, both yep. of them. Appreciate the help. Help us out putting, in the search rankings. Oh, I'll be putting this on my uh, Breaking Bigfoot <laughs> playlist, so all of my uh, followers can uh, watch this podcast and subscribe. Good deal. All that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, let's see more. Uh, wow. Uh, OT says Bigfoot is brave. Is brave. A horse kick to the chest or head. Game over. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yep. Yeah. A horse, uh, <coughs> horse kicks you in the head, man. That's it. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't have any signs of a broken neck, did it? Not that one. But uh, when we were up there on the, that investigation, well, like. If you watch that uh, my welcome video, the intro video, uh, you showed the clip of. We're talking to the the owner, the ranch, the ranch owner, uh, where he would find the deers with their heads snapped all the way backwards, twisted around. Yeah, that that was something that's kind of weird that happened around here. But uh, with uh, calves, uh, baby calves like beef cattle, uh, they were my uncle was having quite a few, and other people in the area that would end up with their necks broken. And what I couldn't figure out, you know, okay, this was a strange thing to happen. Uh, but what I couldn't figure out is if, if the Bigfoot was doing it, breaking the neck, why wasn't it taking it with it? You know, if it was going to use it for a food source or could it have been doing it, I don't know, for meanness or something. Well, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of Bigfoot uh, uh, cases where um, – They'll kill dogs, of course, because yeah. the dogs give away their location. Right. 
um, if that area that they're that these animals are in, they're they're trying to they'll use these animals to intimidate the landowners by doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they use it for an intimidation factor too. So not just for uh, for food because we got to remember mm-hmm. they're they're not just regular uh, animals. Mm-hmm. They're, you know they they are using psychology and they've known for years how to, to scare people. So you know what better way to scare somebody uh, that you don't want in, in their area by doing this to, to animals and leaving yeah. them there for them to see it. Yeah. And you know I similarly Chris investigated years ago a uh, a cow that had been killed on a uh, a farm a ranch in Alabama. Alabama, yeah. And it looked like the jaw was broken and the neck was broken. And what it looked like it just took it and went you know, took a grab of yeah. the lower mouth and snapped it. Yeah. And there was no, you know, you know, when, when predators attack like a, like a, a wild, like a cougar or a bear, and that was the predominantly even packs of coyotes, they, the predation is usually on the hind quarters right. and they, they bring it down and then they go for the neck. Um, and, in this case, there was no predation whatsoever on the back quarters. We could know it just yeah. was there on the ground and the neck was broken and the jaw was broken. Yeah. Um, and it had been recently killed, but probably within about a week that we saw it. So the, the one the one side was skeletonized because the insects had gotten to it, but the yeah. the, the upper half was pristine. Uh so yeah, uh and, and that was a night we had uh, I had seen one on night vision kind of just walk into the there was a couple of uh crops of trees and uh. it had it walked across and it was kind of funny because uh I always say that, you know, the, the infrasound thing is kind of, to me, I think they do use infrasound in that uh, you do get a creeped out feeling from them sometimes if they're there. I remember walking that field between like the uprights, the, the two crops of the trees. Yeah. I remember just looking over to the left hand side going, I just, I just don't like that area of the woods. I go, there's something creepy here. The, the donkeys were braying because the donkeys were the, the alert system, but the, the cows were all huddled in one side. Come back, and before you know it, somebody with a thermal says it's moving across the field now from one, one of those uprights of trees to the, from the left to the right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I had sensed something that was there, but uh, no. it was just that creeped out feeling which infrasound can produce. And I remember pulling up the night vision just close enough to see maybe take two steps and going into that forest. So I booked it up to that, that little wooded area and I could hear it going. And I was going to go in and I'm like, wait a minute, there's nobody behind me. Where's my backup? I ain't going in. That thing's snapping cattle's necks. I'm not. Yeah. One really cool thing is uh, if you look at uh, in my videos, I have one about dismembered uh, Bigfoot body. Okay. That same uh, afternoon, or well, it was really, I don't know, it was 12 something, I believe. Um, me and old Kenny, uh, I was showing him the, the tree structures, right? And he climbed up on top of one, and I took a picture of him sitting on, on, on that uh, tree structure. And, you know, later, you know, so many Bigfoot pictures are, are, are not th- seen when they're there. It's when you go home and you're looking through your pictures and zooming in you'll see a Bigfoot peeking or hiding or whatever, yeah. right? So I'm doing that. I'm looking at over these pictures, and I notice in the far background of that picture, this is in the video, if you look in the far back, I zoom in, 
and it looks like there's a Bigfoot arm hanging from the tree with the bone sticking out of the top, and it looks half rotted, and it looks like a, a pelt. The 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 re- part of the rest of the Bigfoot is also hanging from the tree, and uh, I do a breakdown on that on that image. But yeah, hmm. so like, they they tore apart some other Bigfoot that wasn't welcome there and left it there. I didn't see it at the time because it was way far back and that it blended in really well. You know, uh, I've gone back since and there's nothing there now, you know, well, it's, it's no longer there. And I've always said that, you know, primates of one species really attack primates of another species, but amongst themselves, that's where you yeah. get territorial fights and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. now we have another bunch of questions. All so right. Here we go. So James Lansing, Oh, my good buddy, James over in, uh, uh, he was the guy who actually got that FLIR video we show on the, on the site there in regards to our Vermont investigation one time that walking along, he was the, the, the video guy on the, on the, or the picture guy for the FLIR. Uh, James asked, are the bent tree structures attributed to Bigfoot usually alone or in groupings? So he's asking the Bigfoot are the trees. <laughs> Well, from what, what no, I, can I, tell, I think he's talking about the true the trees, true the tree structures. Well, yeah. I also did a, do a video um, <laughs> discussing that and showing the different types of tree structures. But yeah, normally when I, I I find them, they're in specific locations. They'll be nowhere else besides in groupings, like you said, in their in their uh, territories. You know, like um, I call I, I do sometimes I go uh, hunting for Bigfoot from a vehicle. So you can literally j- drive down through a forest and you'll see their doorways. They, I call them doorways where they do that. And you'll see the trees, you know, leaned over, pull over right there, man. Walk in there and you'll find yourself a whole grouping of them nearby. But, yeah, there's a whole – they're usually in groupings. They're, they're usually not just, you know, everywhere. You know, if it was a, a natural phenomenon, it was, you know, snowfall, you know, and stuff like that, you'd have it more common and more spread out. But they are usually in a really condensed spot where you just have a ridiculous amount of them. Right. They're social. Yeah. Yep. Primates are social too. Uh, Troy asked another question What do you think about the Indians, Native Americans, who say Sasquatch is a race of giant Indians? They never referred to them as an animal. They had a name from the Cetix. So, yeah. No, like I said, uh, all the different tribes and clans, they had different names for them. Each different clan had a different name for them. The Iroquois, yeah, called, have, them the, the Iroquois yeah, we, called them the Adenarhe. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so we, we always consider them a, a race of humans, a different clan, and they have a language. And, uh, yeah, some of them are, are really just crappy, crappy, mean bastards, you know, just like humans. We had tribes, you know, of natives and um that were just mean warrior, like, you know, sons of guns. Then you had the groups that were real cool. They were nice. Yeah. So we used to, tra- we used to <laughs> trade, trade with these Sasquatch and they would help us. We'd help them. Um, but yeah, we, we always considered them uh, humans of a, a type of humans, the hairy ones, you know? Yeah. Now our next question is going to come from our good friend, Mick, who earlier had stated, and you missed it. You know, he tried to bait Bigfoot with his ex's meatloaf, but it ne- they never seemed to take that bait. Mick uh, <laughs> uh, has usually a meatloaf joke once per week, so we yeah. got it in. Um, and he said, Jesus, was the horse's legs who were dismembered missing any other bar- body parts? And uh, you've already mentioned why they may leave a source of food behind us to intimidate. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, it was just one one leg. The the rear, you know, the hind leg was just literally torn off. It was it wasn't taken with it. It was just left there. Um, they that area. There was if you watch the video, you'll see some houses in the far far background. There was people that used that. They're like, there's houses there. People live there. And Bigfoots aren't gonna be there. Blah, you know, but they didn't understand that those houses are vacant yeah. because they had so many problems with Sasquatch in that area. The people just moved out and left the houses alone. Now, here's a, an interesting point because uh, Tack asked, was the leg found up in a tree? Um, no. But, uh, you know, it goes back. I'm thinking about that arm you said you you had seen in, in, the, in the tree. Maybe that was left there to intimidate other Sasquatch. That's what I think. Like yeah. I said, when you, when yeah. you go watch the video, yeah. you'll see it's literally um, the, the arms hanging down, you know, like from the elbow bone. You know, you'll see the, the two, the radio and the ulna yeah. hanging straight down with a hand. You can see the fingers. You'll see the fingers and everything yeah. hanging straight down. And then to the right of it is the what I believe is the torso, but just the skin's left on it. Uh, the fur hanging off a, a big old branch to the right, you know. That, that, yeah, I agree. I think it was left there to to kind of uh, ward off a, a different clan. There's more than one one group. There's groups in different areas. Yep, and that that makes total sense. That's you know that's the way all primates habitate. You know, it's very uh, uh, Otis. Uh, I would be going to war. Uh, actually, a couple of comments. Um, he, uh, we had a driver when I was doing frack. He, he had a cattle. Well, he had a bull that swears was killed by a Bigfoot. Um, you know, uh, Dave Winter also says he had a friend that lost cattle to a Bigfoot. Always carried a big rifle around. He wasn't messing around with them. Yeah. So that's, that, I mean, you can see there, this is very common. And uh, right now, Tack uh, sent me something, too, that, that's very, very interesting as well. Uh, another body part in an arm, or body part in a tree, rather. And well, do, you, yeah. do you ever find them caching animals in trees, like deer or hogs or, you know, anything? No, not, not very often. I don't. Um, whenever I do find any uh, animals mutilated or anything, it's always on the ground. Now let me let me ask you a question. That now that could be that could be just a cultural difference between the East and the West. True. Um, because I you know, as far as I know, in, in that area, other than the high mountains, you know, in the lowlands, you don't get as many predation animals there. Right. And maybe that's why it's kind of just left out. Whereas right. in the East Coast, we have a lot of predation animals. We have, you know, you have uh, you know yotes especially coyotes and you have in some areas like in maine you have wolves and um you know bear and cougar and all that so that maybe that's a, a difference because i've heard that happen in pennsylvania i've heard that happen in new york uh you know obviously in the, the south I, i've heard that happen in the south you have a lot of wild hog that run around there I, i'll never forget that day driving in texas and i've always heard that there's wild hogs in texas and i'm driving down a dirt road there's a big old hog you know with the tusks and everything shooting across nope. and they're more gnarly than bears oh yeah and uh, they get bigger than bears shoot yeah well you the know? one the one thing one animal i do not want to run to i i okay a bear is one thing but a moose 
And up our way, we have moose. And uh, those are pretty gnarly when they want to be. Right. What I found really interesting that a lot of uh, researchers uh, don't, I don't know if it's they just don't know or, or think it's possible, is um, Bigfoot's up in trees. I have, uh, like I said, you can see all this is on my channel. But I have pictures, a picture of uh, two baby Bigfoots way up high in that tree. And that's also from that day I was with old Kenny. He's sitting down. You, know, you can see him in the distance. But up to the left, there's two orangutan red little Bigfoots in the tree. You can see the feet with the toes on one of them. And then I have another photo of uh, multiple Bigfoots standing in trees. And one uh, sitting on a tree, just hanging his legs, just like, doo-doo-doo-doo, hanging out. And, uh, yeah, so when you're out there researching, guys, Look up. Definitely look up. Even yeah. though you don't think that, that a, a tree could support a Bigfoot, well, they know which limbs can support them. And that's another reason, uh, one of the, the the reasons they do tree structures, too, and they'll bend, uh, you know, a whole log between several other ones, and it makes a really tight hold. And it makes it them able to stand on them with, and uh, look out farther and see where they're going or see what's coming. Yeah. Now, have you seen the the Pridgen video, aka the New York Baby video? Yes. Okay, so I was uh, really the first one to investigate that. That was always uh, a, and uh, you know somebody uh, uh, made the comment to me. Well, what do you make think think that Bigfoot go in trees? Well, I don't know about the big ones. I I've always said I I don't know. I've seen some of them. maybe some of the 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 tougher trees in the Southwest can handle it. For the most part, in, in the DAX, a lot of the trees can't support that kind. There's a lot of them are uh, very easily. And, and that may be a difference between, again, another east and west, because a lot of the, the, the tree limbs that are on our trees in the northeast break very easily because if they get a snow load on them, it's their defense. The, right. the, the, the tree limb breaks off. Yeah, well, from what I can see is that... Um... The juveniles are the ones that go up high, right? And, they, right. and they'll yeah. climb up the trunk, and they'll use the very beginning of the branches to put their feet on. So they right. won't go out on a on a branch far out unless it's a really old tree that has a serious, you know, branch on it. Uh, but it looks like just the babies. They'll, they'll have babies up there uh, for safety reasons, of course. And uh, the 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 larger ones, they're the ones that have to stand on the structures that they yeah. create. Or they stay on the ground. The bigger they get, you know. And and what and, and the, here's the amazing thing is that it, it, it's it's so funny because what I've understood in my my reaction to that was what makes you think that the, the young Sasquatch go up in the trees? All primates do that. It's how they learn how to use their hands and feet and, and articulate them. That's why we have monkey bars. And, uh, you know, as we get older and less dexterous now, we become a little more ground bound. Well, that's 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 also one of one of my theories that, uh, you know, uh, when you get close, close to a group out in the woods <laughs> here in Kentucky, anyway, you'll start to notice things like trees are falling. And, uh, you know, it it's it's no big thing. It might be it's a special treat if you're out in the woods and a tree falls. You're like, oh, wow, I was I heard a tree fall in the woods. Well, and then if you wait another five minutes and another one comes down, okay, that's, 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 that's a little bit, you know, too, too much good luck there. And uh, my theory is that, you know, these big adult males, I don't think they're actually strong enough to push down a tree two feet in diameter, 
but I think they are heavy enough they could climb one, shimmy up the trunk, and then kind of leap, weigh it over, and then, you know, bring it down well, that way. That makes, a, that makes a great point because how many times have, have, have I mean, I, I remember being in, in, in Massachusetts with a couple of my researchers, mm -hmm. and I remember we were, we were, getting tree knocks back and, and uh, we could hear something moving around. And then all of a sudden we heard this big, big snap. And I'm wondering if that's what's going on there right. uh, is one trying to get up a tree is it, maybe something broke or maybe yeah. they got on top of a tree and took the whole thing down. Um, because yeah. to me, it makes you're right, Chris, it would make more sense if they had more leverage on it by going yes. up it a bit and bringing right. it down rather use that than just, massive weight to right. pull it down. Right. I mean, because who knows? Think about it standing flat foot on the ground. Okay. You got to be a D D six bulldozer to push a tree over. Yep. And I know these things are strong and I have no doubt in my mind that they, they could turn over a car easily. No problem. No problem. Well, whatsoever. There's been reports of them shaking a car before uh, yeah. I've read. Um, and I don't know which, if, if it was John Green's book or maybe it was Roger Patterson's book uh, that it was, a, you know, they, they were, he was taking accounts of newspapers and something. There was a couple of them sleeping in a car and something. Um, right. So, yeah, I think they get very, they get very curious. I mean, there's no doubt they have no inclination. They have no. They're very rude sometimes. They have no, like, <laughs> going up to a tent with a couple of guys in it, putting their arm under their tent or sniffing it, or going up to a car and, and kind of shaking it to see what's going on inside of it. Or, um, you know, we had an incident up here. Um, it's on uh, Squatch Stories Episode 3. Uh, very briefly, I mentioned the story about the guy waking up, you know, parked up in, the, in an area, and he opens up the door to his car, and it won't move. He looks down, and he sees this hairy foot he looks up mm. and there's one looking down at him oh. and then it, and then it just simply turns around and walks away so needless to say after that he did not have to urinate anymore he probably had to do number two need a dry seat after that <laughs> yep, they, they've been known to, to push over actual bulldozers yep they're able to flip those over and it, it, if we go back to the very the very uh, number of encounters that that started what we call the term bigfoot they were supposed to be tossing around 50 gallon drums yeah. with ease with ease yeah and um uh, as and this is a beautiful thing you know um uh you know if, if you read like i said i can't recommend enough uh legend meet science by jeff meldrum who recounts their a story of um um Maybe it wasn't that. Well, I've been reading so much on different topics, but there was an account up there in in the, the whole area where uh, Jerry Crew had gotten his his tracks from. Yeah, that they had found um, these pieces of of construction timber in the middle of the woods. That there was just no way that anybody. There were over a thousand pounds. Nobody could have just carried them up. It would have taken, and there would have been no reason to. Right and here, they are plopped in the middle of this wooded area for no reason. They got moved. So, oh wow, man, this that reminds me. Uh, a good friend of mine when I was in the military, his name was uh, Richard. Uh, he's from Sil Silverton, Oregon. Now his dad died when he was a young young man, <clears throat> but he told me one time while we were there in New Mexico, uh, one of his 
fondest memories that he had. He remembered his dad taking him to a logging site to see a pickup truck uh, where supposedly now it was a Bigfoot had grabbed one each side of the bed of the truck and crushed the bed in. And you could see the handprints in the metal. And I have never seen any photos of that whatsoever. But, you know, him telling me this and it being one of the childhood memories, uh, you know, I, I don't have any reason to doubt him. Uh, but you gotta, I you remember this, any... guys. Mm-hmm. Remember this, all right? You got a chimpanzee, okay? Right. A chimpanzee, you know how big they are. I'm not talking about the Billy Apes because them suckers are big. But the average chimpanzees, okay? If they're pissed off, they can throw a 500-pound weight. Yeah. A chimp. A gorilla, when they're pissed off, they can throw a 1,500-pound weight. Okay? So think about that. If you got a 10 to 12-foot, if if not bigger, one of those pissed off, you're talking in the range of squishing beds with their hands. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Much, much stronger than a gorilla. And, and if you think but. about it, in, in extreme situations, we've had people lift a car up to get somebody out underneath. Yeah. You know, underneath yeah. somebody's pinned in there and somebody just gets out and automatically does it. Boom, boom. We do have the strength. We just don't have the willpower sometimes. But yep. these guys don't have that kind of throttle on their mind, I don't think. Um yeah, and David had just said that the chimps aren't that big, but they can rip your arms off. Yeah, um, <laughs> true, David. They're, I they're, watched a show about when their muscular when density is or something like that. It was terrible. Yeah, it, that's just evolution. You know, you think about yeah. it. You know, we we don't have those dense muscles. I mean, maybe uh, our our ancestors could do some of that a little yeah. easier. Homo erectus, well, like maybe the, those billy apes. Those billy apes. The uh, the the natives. You know, that knew about them. They they turned them their name were the the lion killers, yeah. so these apes were able to kill lions. Yeah, you know, and 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 you know, no surprise they're smart. You know that's, you know, and it's amazing that the the number the other ones that are really smart are dolphins and killer whales, which are closely related to one another, and, and whales themselves, they they have incredible intelligence. And you think about now you're talking about a primate, and and people argue it. Either way, either they get really ridiculous that they're they're super smart, or they're they're um, they're uh, super dumb, and, and they're neither, you know. And uh, that's the the one number one thing I, I I talk to about hunters. Oh well, you know I've been hunting for all these years, and I never saw a bigfoot. Well, you're not <laughs> the how to hunt guy. I love uh, it, it really irks me about that. It's like. Uh, you're not hunting an ungulate, an ursa, a feline, a canine, a hog. You're hunting. If you're going out to look for a big, you're after a primate. They think completely differently than all the other animals. That's why we can make noise. We can talk to them. And, and who knows if they understand us because they're not speaking English back to me. But if they do or not, but they're curious about and they can understand when you're mad and you say Bigfoot, no, like you had said. Ooh. I did something wrong, whether they understand it or not. Well, um, I have one. Correct me. When I was in the that video, Tule Creek Bigfoot, when I was whistling back and forth with them, um, I had my nephew with me. It was his first Bigfoot hunt. 
and we found a, 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 a wigwam structure, uh, really cool little structure you'll, you'll see it in the video. Um, I was showing the audience, you know, you know, filming, uh, and I called it a, a structure. I said, this cool here structure. Yeah. And the original audio, it's really low. I didn't hear it while I was out there. But when I was editing the, the video, I heard it and I raised the volume. So when you watch it, you'll hear the raised volume, but you hear it correctly and say, Bush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But, but here's my question. You, you didn't hear that when you were, were recording that, right? No, because so, the so water was running. and uh, yeah. So my, my question what? is, was it a Bigfoot or did you catch something paranormal and actually was an EVP? That's possible too, but uh, I, had, my, uh, I had I had four or five Bigfoots literally surrounding me at the time, so who knows? Right? Who knows? Maybe it's a combination, and that you know, like I said, I I you know it, it's it's there's a lot to this, but that's well, interesting. You know, who, but but who knows? I, they may you know they may pick up English if they can. Uh, well, that's the it's thing. Possible. Our, it's all possible. The, tribe, the tribes know they have a language. That's the thing. Yeah. All of, of our people knew that they could speak. Okay, but this is uh, something I've been thinking about with the ghost stuff. Right. Yeah. Like it, you mentioned, what about Bigfoot ghost spirits? Yeah. They, who die. Who they got. You know who knows? Who knows what forests? Uh, you know are haunted by Bigfoots. You know that have died in the past. Uh, one thing I thought was really cool. Um, you know, uh, the Blair Witch Project? Yes. Yeah. I think that that actually is a story of a lone female Bigfoot that had her husband and babies killed by hunters on that mountain. And that's why there's all those little tree structures, rocks being thrown at tents, and whoever goes up there, she screams, and they don't come back. Hmm. And the guy that made that movie later made a, a Bigfoot movie. Yes, he did. He made uh, Eduardo Sanchez. He made uh, mm -hmm. the Blair Witch Project. He made Exists. Yep. He did a really cool Alien one too. He likes hitting all the genres. I oh, forget the name exists. of it. That was really good. Yeah, but Exists was good. Exists probably was the scariest Bigfoot chase you'd ever seen, where the guy was on his bike and it was running alongside him. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty pretty good. That's the kind of Bigfoot horror movie I like, man. That was good. Yeah, well, you know, he and he kept it real too, like the noises and stuff. I thought that was kind of cool. That yeah, he would. So anyway, uh, Sean asked, uh, "Do you believe they are telepathic?" Okay, back to the woo. All yeah. right. So my view on all that, okay, is because I view them as humans. I think that they share the same capabilities that some humans share as well. Not all of them can do it. But I think that they have they have they, they have their own shamans, their own medicine men. They have could have been born with it, could have been born without it. But I believe some of them do possess supernatural abilities. Not all of them, but uh, just like human beings, there's some some of us out there that that can do some really amazing stuff with uh, you know all kinds of levels of that, like you know, out of body experiences, um, looking at places across the world. You know uh, what's that called? Um, damn it, I forgot the name. The military use it where you, you're in a room and they tell you the coordinates and you can, uh, mm -hmm. uh, your spirit uh, or your mind goes and 
Oh, like remote remote viewing or remote nothing, viewing, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So same thing. Same, same thing. Like I said, um, depending, they've had lots of time to practice. You know. Now, uh, here's my my take on it. I'm not so sure that they're a human, um, because they have a lot of features that, um, would generally not. Uh, that are DNA affected. Uh, the lack of a, the absence of a neck, the, uh, the the sagittal cresting of the head uh, to a degree, the the, uh, the the hair pattern of them. So that's why I'm not quite entirely convinced they're people. They're close as people as they can be, I think. Right. No, like um, from the from the DNA findings that we have, they're part human. But being part human, just like I I have friends that don't have necks. Um, We have people that have cone heads Mm -hmm. as well. There's plenty of of skulls that we found in Peru and a lot of places. But what kills it is the foot structure. Yeah, like I said, they're they're not full human, but they are part. So, you know, if you you may be a hybrid human, but, you know, if you've got the the vocal thing, that's the difference. Normal primates don't possess the vocal structure to talk. Okay, so we have these Sasquatch that do talk, and it, like I said, people that, that show this evidence, they're they're scoffed at, they're pushed away because they don't want to believe, you know. And these people are there just like I've seen a Bigfoot. I know Bigfoots are real, but to the people that don't believe it, they they won't even accept it, you know. So um, when I say they're human, they are a type of human. Just like for a long time, there's a group of humans that didn't think black people were human and that they were just animals. There was a one time where people thought that my people were just savage animals and local fauna and were not humans and were okay to kill, you know? So you, you got you got to really think about that. You know, what our version of what we consider human, yes, they don't look like us directly, but we have the same amount of hair. You know, there's hypertrichosis. We have humans that are covered in hair just like them. Mm-hmm. It's in it's there's there's it's in the DNA. You know what I'm proposing is that we they're like superhumans. Personally, in my eyes, they're superhumans. Okay, they're everything that we wish we were. You know, physically. You know, but y- yes, we we can make cars and cook and do other things. Doesn't make a, a type of being that also speaks. Procreates, loves, buries their dead, has language, has history, you know. Uh, it does make them not human. The DNA is showing that they're part human, not complete, same versions of, of, of Homo sapiens. Oh, David Winter, yeah. Anthropomorphism. That, that, yep. that, that is uh, interesting. Um You know, that, that gets me back to the Native American legends. There's always over all the tribes. Reba asks a oh. long kind of question. I want to get this question out. Not to cut you off, Chris. I want to get to this go question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get it out. Uh, Gonzo said, back to encounter. Uh, if you talk to Bigfoot in English, mention Enoch. Mention they are stay away from humans and mention Enoch to them. Have you heard them understand ancient roots of Hebrew, Akkadian, Aramaic, for that matter, to keep them from hurting humans? Have you heard your experience smaller, aggressive, by more aggressive? Well, like, uh, like I was saying, they seem to know what I'm talking about when I mention those things. But there's also groups of them that hate us. They 
despise us because of that history with, with the Akkadians and the Sumerian uh, tales that we know of, they don't mind killing us. They're stuck here. They don't give a crap what the, 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 uh, the repercussions are. Just like uh, the Hanoba, you know, the, the you know, was it in, o- tech, in Oklahoma? The Hanoba, the Hanobia yeah. incident? Yeah. You know, there is groups of these these creatures and like our, the natives know as well that there's groups of them that, that eat us. They'll eat us. <laughs> they will kill us and eat us, you know. So it just honestly, it depends on the tribe. And uh, if they're more what we would call animalistic and uh, primitive, we don't know if they really are or not. Or, they're you know, they could be just as smart and understand English or the language around them uh, and still be complete psychos man because we have human beings that do that you know well there, there's there's chimpanzees there are chimpanzees see but but what you're saying is not to me is not necessarily uh just related to sasquatch it's related to the chimpanzees as well because the, the yeah. chimps which are scientifically right now if you call it are the closest things to us 94.6 percent of their dna matches to us yeah um a Sasquatch probably would be a little bit higher up the chain than that. Um, but there are groups of Chinese that are Chinese chimpanzees that are more, uh, that have a whole cultural divergence than other ones that will attack other primates and eat them as well yep. for food source. Um, attributing uh, human like qualities to animals, and that is what anthro, you know, pomorphism is. And that is something that, you know, we all have to be careful of ourselves doing is that if, if a Sasquatch, just because, like I said, everybody has their own set of beliefs. And, yep. you know, you know, right now, you know, Jesus believes that they understand his English. I'm thinking it was maybe the, the tone of it, but that's okay because that's what research is about is having these yeah. ideas and in, 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 in we may not have to believe a hundred percent of what each one believes, but it gives us a common ground that we want to see this thing solved. Something to talk and about. That, yeah. And something <laughs> to talk about. Well, well, and, well, I think and, it should be done within the research community guys is that uh, this is what I do. Okay. If I go out with a different Bigfoot crew hunting, I shut up and I watch what they do. I see what they do. And I don't contest it. I don't try to change their minds or nothing. Yeah. Um, if we want to figure out what's going on and what these creatures are, what they know and what we should consider them, we got to keep our books of research information open to everybody's theories, to everybody's research before we can say we definitively know what's what. You know, just like right. me saying what I know, it's just what I have researched and I, I – my findings but we need the findings of everybody everybody's theories because like science we can be wrong and and i am will be one of the first people that's happy to get truth and find out that i was wrong about something and find out the actual truth to it what's real you know what's right that's what i want i don't give a crap about uh you know i discovered this i discovered that i give a crap i'm here to study sasquatch and find out what exactly it is so we can figure it out. You know, I'm not even right. worried about any of the other stuff. So hey, I, I, I need, I want to know what you think. I want to know what this person thinks. And I, I am not here to, to scoff at them. I'm here to just throw out 
my theories and yep. listen to others and, so we can learn. And the big and the big thing, like I said, is that we all have a little bias with some some things. You were brought up in that that Native American tradition of what they are, so you're going to come at it with that angle. You know, I was brought up in an investigator angle, and that's the way I come at it. Doesn't mean we should be enemies. Doesn't mean we should scoff at each other's ideas. We should listen, keep an open mind. Don't throw away the science book, though. But see, I feel that there's a lot of stuff that people attribute on the woo side that science can readily explain. Yep. And for you, it, it comes from a cultural background. It's like, no, but you know, this is what my forefather said. And I get that. And I understand that. Well, and I respect that. Like I said, I, I was trained federally as an investigator too. Yeah. So I'm an investigator. Yeah. I, I love science, but I am taking into account all histories on yeah. Sasquatch, all research. I am throwing out that stuff because that is actual research. And if you want to listen to anybody's reports, it's really important to listen to the people that have been around them for thousands of years versus the last 50 years of just people saying what they think. Now, for an investigator, you got to put together all the information. You got to interview every single suspect and hear the commonalities. And when you got over 100 million Native Americans just in one part of a continent saying the same thing, you might give credence to that a little bit more. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that, that, that's one thing I was going to uh, talk about before, you know, uh, across all the Native American tribes, every one of them has their own name uh, and legend for either some type of uh, wild man yep. or some type of wild woman. And uh, there's most of most of the time they're always hairy. And I know there used to be a skeptic on uh, the Skeptics Forum. I think it was Kitakazi. I'll, I'll give him a shout out. Kit, he's out there. I don't. Uh, and he had a theory that none of these had to do with Bigfoot. <laughs> that, uh, but I, 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 I was, uh, of course, uh, of the opposite opinion. That you know, I, I think that far more of them have to deal with something. Uh, you know. He had a good point about them being a cautionary tale to keep the children from going out into the woods at night. Okay, that makes sense. But when they start, everybody comes up with it's a hairy man or a hairy woman, and you don't go in the woods at night, or it might get you. You know that 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 seems kind of odd that uh, they would so many different cultures. uh, Yeah, they could have said it's it's a it's a big uh, killer moose. It's a it's a killer cat. It's a killer mouse. No, right. they all chose to, to to use the same creature. Right. You know, that's yeah. very interesting because, like you said, it's not just Native American culture. You know, in in South and North America, yeah. you've got this happening in Russia, in the Himalayas, yeah. in China, in Europe, yeah. and you know the list goes on. Every continent. I did a video asking, "Is Sasquatch intercontinental?" Yeah. Yes, it is. He's on every continent. You know, uh, in Europe, you got the wood wolves, right? Yeah. And those those beings also. This this is another key point: is that these creatures are able to procreate with us. Chimpanzees can't. Gorillas can't. But these beings, throughout histories of many different continents and races, yeah, can, and have. Yeah, you know? it's kind of it's kind of strange that no matter where you go in the world. Uh, the the local people, native people of that area, 
all have some sort of hairy man or hairy woman uh, legend. Yep. Man stealers, women stealers. Yeah. Yep. So, oh, low rider says, you know, he, you know, he says, I like Jesus a lot, but some of the things he goes, you sure he didn't go home and take some of Heisenberg's blue stuff? <laughs> I'd be making uh, a lot more money than I am. Well, <laughs> yeah. anyway, uh, we are at the close of the show already. Oh, man. Awesome show. Awesome show. Look how quick it flies by. Oh, man. I enjoyed it. You know, and you know, you're something that, that we haven't had an injection of, of the kind of opening up some doors we haven't had since JC Johnson. So I really appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. I truly am. That, that was awesome. And uh, we got to keep in touch. Definitely. Obviously. And if you can, you want to, if you want to hold over for after the, the outro, we will go off the air, but we can still talk afterwards. So, so, uh, okay, folks, uh, on behalf of me and Chris, and again, uh, Chris, do your thing. Oh, well, I just want to thank Jesus for coming on the show tonight. Thank all our great audience for all the, all the wonderful questions. I swear, one of you guys needs to be sitting in this chair, not me. But anyway, <laughs> thank you. And if it's the first time you're watching us on YouTube, please hit the subscribe, like, and go over to uh, check out uh, Jesus' channel. It's uh. Hey, it's not there anymore. It's YouTube.com you okay. forward breaking, slash breaking Bigfoot. Breaking Bigfoot. It's YouTube breaking Bigfoot. <laughs> and I already subscribed to him while during the show. So. <laughs> Thank you. All right, folks. As usual, on behalf of everybody here at Squatch TV, we want to wish everybody a happy, safe, and healthy week. Most of all, God bless and keep on squatching. We'll catch you all here next week, Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on the channel. We'll catch you all. You've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.